Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dads on the Rocks podcast. It is episode 31 of the show, uh, September 1st, if you're listening to this on release day. Hello, fall is my first uh, time actually getting to see a real fall instead of everything green. Um, So I'm very excited to see all the leaves changing and seeing myself change for the better. Um, Today, I'm joined by somebody else that has answered the call from Reddit. It's interesting that a lot of the dads that I'm finding on Reddit are very akin to the show you know we need some kind of a support system and just talking to another dad about you know something so today joining me is uh somebody that i've never met before but somebody that i get to meet over the next hour or so uh ladies and gentlemen mr mike travis mike say hi to everybody hi everybody uh as you may know uh we start every uh episode with a toast so tonight i am having um rogue dead guys uh whiskey that i've never had before it's actually pretty good it's very malty but very very good um, Mike, why don't you tell everybody about what you're having tonight and a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, so I'm having, uh, Joel Richards, 25 year rum. I used to be pretty much an exclusively, uh, scotch. Actually, I, I was going to say whiskey, but almost more exclusively scotch or rye. Um, but about a year ago, my dad turned me on to rum. Uh, really, uh, found that there's not as much of an appetite for it here in America. Um, so you can get some really good aged rums for a lot cheaper. So like, a like a 25 year, 25 year bottle is a hundred bucks versus 10,000 or versus a thousand dollars for a, <laughs> for a scotch. Um, so you get a lot of like a lot of the really good characteristics, the aging and that kind of thing for, uh, for a lot less, plus it's, uh, it's kind of a nice, nice, uh, break in flavor profiles. So there's that too. Anyways. So about myself, uh, I am a consulting manager with a uh, with a local uh, with a local mid sized CPA firm. I uh, do a lot of uh, business process consulting. Uh, we, my wife and I moved to Spokane here about a uh, little bit over a year ago. So we were looking at houses. We were looking at about uh, six hundred thousand. We were looking at about five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars as a budget. Realistically, about six hundred thousand for something that that you could actually realistically live in mm-hmm. and top ramen for the next 10 years while, yeah. we, while we kind of adjusted. <laughs> um, and instead we, uh, instead, so we were looking at about the time COVID kind of started to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, I was actually at a client and with another firm, with a different firm, um, my team was all on the, my team was all on site, and I got an email from one of the partners on the engagement saying, "Hey, uh, so you know this whole you know this uh, coronavirus thing that's been coming around? We just heard about a big we just heard about one of the cases hitting Seattle. We're going to pull the team out. Um, we'd like uh, we're going to pull the team out back to San Francisco, and I'd like you to go home. And so uh, at the time, I had about six people up for uh, um, six people up that were out in a cl- that were out at a client." And we all packed up. Uh, they all packed up, went back to San Francisco, and I went back up. Uh, I was living up in Edmonds at the time. Yeah, and I didn't really leave the house after that. It's funny we mentioned off camera, but um, but you live in the Pacific Northwest. My uh, one of my best friends lives, you know, out there in Seattle, and I have a, a family member who's actually been on the show before. Um, she's actually currently in Seattle right now. Um, that's where her, or excuse me, in uh, Spokane right now. That's where her uh, parents live. So. 
um it looks it looks beautiful um out there so i'm I'm getting used to the you know big tall trees and different <laughs> kinds of trees instead of just palm all the time i don't know if you if you heard before but i used to live in south florida and now i live in mm. uh, north carolina so i'm getting oh my, yeah yeah my first fall now so yeah that's that's got to be a change that's got to be a big change big time well i mean we we ultimately always wanted to move up here um we had never been up here, oddly enough. We, um, and I think everybody listening has, has heard this before, but um, we had never been up here. And then um, we wanted the kids to experience seasons. We also mm-hmm. wanted to experience season, but we wanted them to grow up with seasons, like seeing fall and you know maybe snow or something like that, but not where you're going to get um, you know covered in snow where you can't leave the house or anything, but still you know a little bit of, of both worlds. So like right in the middle is we're not, I think we're in that sweet spot. So so we're happy. Yeah, that's one of the things actually we really like about this area. We get uh, we get true seasons without it getting it gets uncomfortable for a little bit, but it's never never really too bad. We get uh, um, we get a, we get a few pretty gnarly days in the summer where it tops a hundred. Uh, last year it got up to buck nine, buck ten, um, but nothing ever too bad. Uh, this month is probably we've had a couple of weeks of where it's been a, a, a one or one, one or two but that's manageable. And then in the winter, it's probably going to like taper off now and, and I hope and, so. and drop pretty soon. Right. I hope so. I like being outside and it's hot enough towards it makes that a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eh, I, I like, I value understatement. Um, <laughs> and uh, then in the winter uh, gets down, we get a, we usually get a few snowfalls during the year. We'll get one good one. And then it just kind of starts to melt off couple years we have it where it really lasts but it gets down mm-hmm. uh usually usually drops below zero once or twice during the year um but yeah we so we get we get all four seasons up here which is really nice and you get to kind of experience the full the full swing so now we know where you live um and you have a child now how old is your child and you're married or mm-hmm. uh so or, tell us about that all right you got it so kiddo is uh kiddo's four now he was uh, just turned four this last year. Uh, married to my wife, my uh, we've been so my wife and I um, met uh, first during my second time through school. I went went to school initially uh, went to school initially for music uh, when I was eighteen, and really? by music I mean I studied fermentation and botany, um, <laughs> and got a- a- absolutely n- no real. Um, well, nothing done. Um, but I figured it was it was a major that I could safely do that and still kind of get by, which I kind of got by um, and learned the difference between uh, between a hobby and something that you can actually make make money at. Um, so uh, I took a little bit of time off. Actually, I uh, ended up working with disabled kids uh, for probably. Right around six years, seven years combined. And I did that a little bit when I went back to school, but I ended up working with disabled kids and specifically uh, a lot of kids uh, ended up taking care of a couple of kids with uh, pretty severe autism. Um, it was a really good job, but an absolute garbage career. Like anybody that mm-hmm. does it as a career, I have a huge amount of respect for. Um but, now is that like in an education point so or it was like... in a group home setting so we uh, okay. we actually like uh we we 
we worked in the house where these residents stayed and um, helped them help teach kind of basic life skills, whether it was helping with homework, helping teach them how to wash dishes, how to cook, uh, how to clean, um, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was, it was, um, it was a really interesting job. It was one of the more rewarding jobs I've actually had in my life. Um, but the level of stress combined with the lack of a livable wage was murder. So I know something that you mentioned before to me off, off camera fighting burnout. Like you've been doing the same job for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat too. Um, I'm in a new, I'm in the same lane, but I'm driving a different car kind of thing. Um, I'm so I'm kind of in the same, same, same boat as you are. Um, if you could, what is it that you would want to do if money was no, not, not necessarily not an object, but something that you could do if, if you had the means to do it, or what would you would like to do to fight that burnout and do what you would want to do? One of the things I actually found that I really enjoy uh, just as a manager is working with new staff and training new staff and, and um, teaching them how to, how to do the job uh, in a way that kind of prevents a lot of the mistakes, a lot of the mistakes that I made when I was earlier yeah. in my career. Uh, because there's been a there's there's been a very real shift in the mentality and workplace culture, especially. I don't know if I don't know I can't speak to under, other industries, but in public accounting, there was a, a badge of honor when I started uh, for working eighty hour weeks. That was like that was what was expected. Uh, that's that's what you went into it expecting. That's what part. That's what everybody up and down the up and down the line expected. They'd say, you know, we you whatever you can you can head on out. What they really meant is we you need to be getting as much done as you possibly can in yeah. the shortest amount of time time as possible. And so there's uh, so I think um, so I enjoy that aspect of it. So I've I like if I if I had the time and resources and didn't have to worry about income. I think I'd probably go back to school for one or two things, either to get my PhD and go back into the university system for academia and just devote uh, time to research. I think uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting subjects out there. Uh, and especially it does, it's never going to sound like it to anybody outside of the uh, outside of the financial services sector. But uh, there's a lot of really interesting uh, topics for, for research on accounting, especially like the psychology of accounting and the psychology of the workforce so mm-hmm. i'd probably look at going back to back to school to get my uh, phd for, to do something like that or uh so it's essentially still staying in the same field but like doing what you doing what more so interests you and things like that yeah pretty much i yeah that's exactly right but uh kind of going sorry if you going back to that burnout thing one of the things that i've been noticing a lot is um especially with working from home people are uh, i feel like people have been getting burned out a lot easier because you can't escape you can't escape kind of your your work if you're working yeah. from home um or at least that's one of the things that i I've, I've really noticed um and i think one of the struggles right now for a lot of guys is figuring out ways to kind of manage kind of manage that and figure out ways to uh 
kind of mitigate a lot of that. Anyways, just like keep it fresh, keep it interesting. Make sure that I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're working from home. You're also living at home. So like, it's nice that you don't have to do the commute or anything. Waste gas money. Then you don't have to spend clothes on like business casual or you know business attire or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Be in the office and at risk for like getting sick and stuff like that. I get it because I'm not working from home about 90% of the time. So I, I get it. It's nice to be around coworkers again, but at the same time, I got COVID from being around them. So that's like, yeah. And there yeah. you go. Like, and, that's and, and a double-edged sword. Exactly. So yeah. like, and at the same time, I'm like, I could just do everything from just being at home. And then there's people on the other side that are always at home. They're like, I, I miss being in a workplace setting. So, I mean, you're damned if you do damned, if you don't kind of thing. Yep. Like I know, like I know where I'm kind of at in my life. Like I don't have, the means to do it. Like I have all these fantastic ideas for opening up my own craft beer bar. Like that's, that's my mm-hmm. dream is doing that. Um, I like it. I don't want to brew because I don't think that I would, I don't have the know-how of actually doing it. And I feel like there are people that like, if I partnered with somebody cool, but like my, my dream is being behind the counter in the back office, but mainly like behind the counter, just talking to people about beer and, and just enjoying the conversation and the company and things like that. I mean, you're going to yep. get the assholes and stuff like that, but that's, that's where I would want to be. So, I mean, it's, I just, and it's a lot of money that you need to do to oh, yeah. start something like that. And I don't have that, that kind of capital. So it sucks, but I mean, one can dream. Right. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I don't know about down there, but yeah, it is, uh, it, it is a lot of capital, but in the Northwest, and I don't know again about the, about the market over there, there's actually a, there was for a while, a big boom in craft beers. And oh yeah. Craft Same brewery. thing everywhere. Yeah. Um, so there was for a long time, you could go out and you could buy a lot of the industrial equipment for dirt cheap. Yeah. But that doesn't count the space and all the all the rest of that kind of stuff. So when I was kind of right. when I was what I was going to say is it's not that bad, but the brewing equipment wouldn't be I don't think terrible. But it's the space and the workers and getting finding everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know about all that. Like I can I know I could do the business like the whole brewing concept. That's way beyond me. Like I don't have <laughs> the time or energy, even patience for to learn That's all that. Like I'm going to leave that to the people that are better than yeah. me. <laughs> but like the dream is to like have the the beer there Love it. And, and enjoy the conversation with other people and, and make a good living if I could. So there was um, something else that you had mentioned to me before. Um, and I think we're, we're pretty aligned in this, something that like, I don't really talk about all that often, but where does religion come into play when you're raising a child? Like, I think you and I are, yeah. are similar. Yeah. Um, uh, that's like, a great I, did you, question. That did is- you grow up in a religious household? Oh, so my dad is an ex-Catholic, or not an ex-Catholic. Okay. My dad grew up Catholic, and he got exposed to the worst, kind of the worst behavior, like the the worst behavior uh, that you can possibly see in a church, and got from really like dis- the clergy. Yeah, from the clergy, not not the abuse okay. type of thing. Okay, thank. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I kind of everything else. Um, I, I, definite verbal abuse. Um, I think that there was uh um from the clergy and that kind of thing. I think, um, I think there were, I, I never really pushed it. I'll be honest. Uh, I, like he, I, I asked him about it a couple of times and he, eh, and I know when to, when to steer clear. 
It's like asking grandpa if he killed anybody was in, when he was in the war kind of thing. Yeah, like, you don't want to like press it too much. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and he, so he got really disillusioned by the church mm-hmm. and, and actions of some of the members within it. And uh, it really colored his view on, on religion. Um, but, but when I was growing up, it just never was mentioned. Uh, we went to a couple different churches. We went to um, Unitarian, We went, uh, which is kind of a faithless, uh, faith, uh, a, a non-denominational church without the idea of uh, it, God. It's, it's a really, uh, it's met a lot of really, really, uh, really nice people. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's, it's a church for people. It's a church. Um, it's a good way to describe it. Sorry. Uh, it's a religionless church is really what it is. It goes into a lot of, um, kind of discussions on morals, like for the, for the, for the Sunday sermons, like it's a lot of discussions on morals. It's a lot of discussions mm-hmm. on ethos and that kind of thing. And it, it touches on a lot of different religions and brings in a lot of, um, concepts of faith without having it prescribed specific faith um i like that i'm not i'm not against that it's, yeah yeah it was it was it's uh it's it's really uh it's really unique it's really cool it's also very small uh yeah so trying to find a, a it's church. like the green party in politics <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it uh so trying to find a trying to find a church or something like that is is generally pretty difficult like there's one here in spokane but it's about 45 minutes away and I really don't want to drive 45 minutes on a Sunday morning. One of the, one of the philosophy courses that we took in, that I, that I had taken uh, at Gonzaga really focused on what atheist, what morals meant to an atheist. And there was a big section on it. There was a big, there was a lot of discussion on this and it, was, it actually ended up being close to a month where um, if you don't have the repercussion of hell why do you not just go off and do whatever you, whatever the hell it is whatever whatever you want to do right and so I, th- I i think a lot of like with um a lot of the response to that really is you and you'd be a good person because it's the right not only the right thing to do but society i mean first off society just wouldn't function if you if if you were to go off and live by your own moral code but it's not just that it's that I think that it just baked into all of us. There's an ingrained sense of what's what's right, wrong, and indifferent, and and that's going to be influenced a lot by how you grow up, obviously. But you just you kind of know when something's when something's the right thing to do. And I think that there's a lot to say about like being a parent, and like we we learn those values of like knowing what's right and what's wrong based on what we were taught when we were very yeah, little. Exactly. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm getting that, like teaching that to my kids now, like, no, it's not nice to keep something away from somebody else and they don't have it. And you do, that should not make you feel better sharing and doing good things that should make you feel good. Like giving somebody else a present and see how, how happy that makes them. That is what makes you feel good. Not actually getting something, but the joy that you get from actually giving a gift or something like that. And I think that that's like that's we have a lot to like appreciate our own family for teaching that to us because i feel like that's the right way yeah no i i i agree i think sorry i 
I agree. That was a pretty long and rambling answer, but it's, it's something I've been <laughs> giving a lot of thought to lately. Um, no, I, so I think that there's a lot to be said about emotional intelligence. And with that kind of comes the understanding of right and wrong. And by teaching empathy, you can get to a lot of that same conclusion. Um, yeah. I think is a, is a really good way to, I really good way to put it when you were, when you were talking about the emotional reaction, uh, that's, that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest components is, um, is just that level of empathy and being able, and I don't want to say sympathy because I think sympathy, sympathy can have not only negative con uh, connotations, but negative, re negative consequences. Because so it's almost condescending. Not yeah, that's exactly unintentional. right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Whereas with empathy, you and you're putting yourself in somebody's shoes. Treat those how you want to be treated. Yeah, it's exactly. Very basic. <laughs> exactly. You can because you can at least understand and relate to it if, or at least understand it if not relate to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that comes through comes from a lot of modeling as a parent, um, and being able to model that behavior and and when things start going when things start to go south teach them how their behavior is impacting somebody else and say okay so yeah. how do you think so like um like today uh we had a we had some rough patches today we were we went to the park we went and um or tried going to the park didn't make it too far um had to come back and it was it was by dude's choice um had to come back and i i had to take off hey i had to take off for another minute or two um and go take care of some chores and i came back and he he was just being a four-year-old and having a four-year-old temper tantrum with, oh yep and i had to sit down and just say okay so um one of the big things we're working on is breathing is recognizing emotions and and um breathing through them kind of doing mm -hmm. like starting to take breaths when like working on taking breaths when he's starting starting to feel angry so that he recognizes that emotion and can relate to it but as he started to calm down it was a lot of conversation of uh, okay so how so when you started yelling how do you feel when we yell at you how do you feel when somebody else yells at you how does that make you feel and he started sat for a second sat for another second and started crying. I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> good. I'm glad you can relate to that. I'm glad you understand what's going on. Yeah, that's that's awesome that it like invokes that kind of like emotion. Like, how does that make you feel mm -hmm. to the point of crying? Good. Yeah. I mean, like, because right. you don't you don't want that. Like, so so he'll take that and he's going to I feel like he's probably going to remember that. I we're, hope so. we're kind of. Yeah. And I, I feel like like he's four. He's still very, very small. And my kid also, she's four and a half ish. Um, we're de dealing with the same thing. Like we have the one and we were, we were okay. Like, and th this is talking strictly personally for me alone, not my wife, not my kids, whatever. But when we had one, everything was okay. Now that there's a second one involved, it's very difficult for me, like to deal with one and then the other one, like I'm trying to make dinner or clean dishes or or do something for with one and then the other one just starts smacking me in the head like it, it's <laughs> it's difficult like like last weekend for perfect example like last weekend i'm my daughter just started soccer 
So I'm getting, I, this is all new to me. The first time sports or anything. So I'm putting her, um, her shin guards on and everything. I've never done that before. So I'm getting a little frustrated because I can't get it. And I got the baby behind me, baby. He's a year and a half, but he's behind me and he's just slapping me in the head because he, he wants to play. He wants to do something. It's just like, and I get so frustrated when it's two against one. It's it. And I, and I was when you were talking about like the breathing thing and I'm like, was that for you guys or for your son? Because Oh, it's okay. certainly both. It's <laughs> certainly both. And he knows when we're, you know, he knows now when we're trying, trying to get him to calm down because there are times when he just wants to be really, really dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Go, no breaths, no <laughs> deep breaths. So we have to start, I have to start going. You're not going to need He's four. We don't hit. <laughs> He's four. He's four. Yeah. Yeah. Start having to kind of do that mantra. I, I, I'll I, be honest with you, man. I have no idea. Having two, having two would be, be wild. Like one is, one has been plenty. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how far apart were they again? Um, Four and a half and one and a half. So okay, um, thank bad. you, St. Patrick's Day. Um, they are <laughs> only... <laughs> Um, they are four days apart. Um, years, yes, but four days apart in their actual birthday. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, creatures of habit. Um, it's actually it's funny. St. Patrick's Day and our anniversary are a day apart, so it's one or the other. That's crazy. But it's and it's funny. Like um, the past two guests, um, they both have three three girls and three boys, and they've dealt with the same thing. So it's not just me that I have trouble with with things, and it's not just a child of one parent that has these troubles with things. It's every, it's all of us. And that's, we all have these problems and I, I deal with stuff horribly just like anybody else I'm sure does. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm, but I'm also like, I want to be the one to actively try and fix where I need to fix things. Well, that's, um, that's and I feel like, do. I feel, I feel like that alone is, is a step in the right direction. If, cause there's, I know dads out there that just don't give a shit. Yeah. And, and yes, I, I feel are. like I'm doing better than them. <laughs> so I, that's, I, I, yes. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that's one of the big things that I noticed or that I really wish was around. Um, when we first had, when we first had Asher, uh, I was, actually, I was going through another, through a streak of burnout at that time as well. Cause it was, I wasn't sleeping obviously as, as, as you do not, yeah. Uh, when, when you have kids, I was going through a busy season. We had a we had a large public filer. Uh, I was doing insurance work at audit insurance work time. We had a large public filer who had some gnarly deadlines, and we were. I was um, called in from paternity. I, I came in from paternity leave a little early to make sure that we were ready for that for that uh, for that client, and just absolutely fucking burned out. Um, and so I started looking online to see what their what kind of resources there were for for dads. And there was outside of outside of your really low income kind of actually not even that. That's a lie. Uh, which actually that's one of the groups that really needs it, especially after living here in Spokane, after living here in Spokane <laughs> for a while. And there was really nothing. There was there were no real dad support groups. I started looking at parent support groups, and it was all mom support groups, which is great. I think uh, I think that. And I think it's I think it's absolutely necessary for mothers because you have postpartum depression, you have a lot of the other the other shit that we don't have to deal with. But I think that there are some yeah. unique struggle, struggles for dad 
beds that get swept under the rugs that uh that you just kind of have to brush your teeth and bear it you don't you you feel like you're you can potentially feel like you're on an island yeah kind of exactly what you're talking about there how how you started realizing that you know i'm not the only one who has to deal with this and i uh i think that's one of the things that's is desperately needed is something to say hey we're not alone in this you can't like like i always grew up with the red green show where it was hey i'm pulling pulling for you we're all in it together but you don't really get a lot of that uh outside of (laughs) you don't really get a lot it's hard to find a lot of that outside of something like church group well mike thank you very much for being my guest on the show today um it was very nice getting to know you and to know your son asher who's still here with us um Mike, if you have any last words for our listeners, I like to give um, my guest the opportunity to say any last words for the show. So if you have any last words, let's hear them. All right. As the great Ray Green says, uh, I'm pulling for you. We're all in it together. Uh, just, uh, I, I love the, I smash you. I love the idea of this podcast. I think this, this is a really, really cool idea. Um, I'd love to stay in touch. I'd love to stay in touch over the next whatever. Draw, 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 draw. I draw you. Um, I draw you. And as Asher is saying, I draw you. I smash you. I smash you. Yeah, I think that's about as deep as we're going to get coming out of that. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> and I, I would love to stay in touch. Um, and for you and for anybody out there, um, Dazzle Arcs podcast is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, but not so much there. That's just to make memes and stuff. But Facebook and, and Instagram, I'm on there. It's not very active, but when something comes to me, I put a silly thing out there, but I'm not going to be out there and make content just for making content. It's just when something comes to me that I think is funny, then, you know, it comes up. But thank you very much again, Mike, for being our guest tonight. So to you and to you, Asher, to everybody else out there, cheers. Good night. Good night. Cheers. Good night, Daddy. Good night, baby.